Amy Cantrell stood in the center of the living room of her apartment, looking around slowly, all of a sudden noticing the untidiness of the place. She had managed to talk Jake into coming over tonight for the first time in months, and she knew he would be furious. He loathed mess and disorder. He was neat as a pin himself, and had been as long as she had known him, which was forever. Her lack of organization and her untidiness had been a bone of contention between them. She never understood how she could create chaos in a room within seconds. She never meant to. It just happened. Shaking her head and frowning, she began quickly to pick up the newspapers and magazines scattered all over the coffee table and on the floor underneath and took the newspapers out to the kitchen. When she saw the dirty dishes in the sink, she groaned. She had forgotten about them. Flinging down the papers angrily, she opened the dishwasher. It was stacked to the brim and had not been turned on. Everything was dirty. Endeavoring to stack more items into it and moving quickly, she dropped a mug. It shattered. The phone rang shrilly. She grabbed it. Hello? Amy, it's me. Has he arrived yet? No, Mom. He's not coming until after eight. Why so late, Amy? I don't know. He works, Mom. Tell him about the alimony, that you want alimony. Mom, I gotta go. Honestly, I do. I'm trying to tidy up here. Jake hates mess. So what do you care? He left you. I gotta go, Mom. Bye. She hung up before her mother could say another word. Moving across the kitchen floor in the direction of the dishwasher, she crushed the shards of pottery from the broken mug under her feet. Amy looked down, bit her lip. She went to find the brush and dustpan. She was on the verge of tears. For the next few minutes, she attempted to bring order to the kitchen before going through into the bedroom. The bed was unmade, as it usually was these days. She scurried into the bathroom. After washing her face and cleaning her teeth, she combed her pale blonde hair. It hung listlessly around her face. Amy Cantrell sighed as she regarded herself in the mirror. She wondered how she could make herself look better and reached for the CoverGirl foundation, patted some of it on her face and added powder. Once she had highlighted her cheekbones with the blush on, she outlined her mouth with pale pink lipstick. The image of herself in the mirror infuriated her. She didn't look any better than she had a few seconds ago. Tears flooded her eyes. She was a mess. The apartment was a mess. She had never known what to do about either. Her friend Mandy had once offered to show her how to use cosmetics, but she had never taken her up on it. She wondered why. Reaching for a tissue, she blew her nose and wiped her eyes. It just wasn't fair. Other people seemed to get through life so easily, so flawlessly. All she could do was stumble along, dragging mess in her wake. The doorbell rang, making her jump. My God, was he here already? She hurried out into the little entrance foyer, realizing as she went to open the door that she was still wearing the cotton house dress she had donned when she started the housework. Who is it? She asked through the door. It's Jake. Glancing down at her grubby house dress, she made a face and then opened the door. Hi, Amy, he said, coming in. Hi, Jake, she echoed, closing the door, trailing after him lethargically. Jake glanced around and then sat down on one of the chairs. Amy could not help noticing the distaste on his face. She winced inside. He had always been particular about the apartment and his appearance. More conscious than ever that she looked awful, if not worse than awful, Amy simply sat down on the chair opposite and smiled at him. Jake cleared his throat. He said you had to see me. You were very insistent. What do you want to talk about, Amy? The divorce. 
We've discussed it so much. We've worn the subject out, he answered in an even tone. I just want to be sure you're sure, Jake. I am, Amy. Her pale blue eyes filled. She blinked the tears away, pushed her hair out of her face. Trying to get a grip on her emotions, she took several deep breaths. Well, I have been to see the lawyer, finally. I'm sure you're pleased about that. He asked me if we'd try to solve our problems. I told him yes, but that it wasn't any good, that it wouldn't work. Are you really sure, Jake? Maybe we should try again. I can't, Amy. Honestly, honey, I can't. It's finished. The tears rolled down her cheeks. I still love you, Jake. He said nothing. I don't know what I'm going to do without you, she wept. You're going to be fine. I know you are. I don't think I am, Jake. All she really wanted was for him to come back to her. Then she wouldn't feel so lonely. Jake said, I'll have to be going, Amy. I've got work to do tonight. You're not dressed like you're going to work, she exclaimed, giving him a furious look, suddenly filled with jealousy. Paperwork, Amy. I've loads of it. He began to edge his way to the hall. Amy followed him to the front door. The lawyer says I'm entitled to alimony, she announced. That's no problem, Amy, and it never was. I always told you I would look after you. Then stay with me. I can't. And what I meant was I'd look after you financially. Tell the lawyer to go ahead and talk to my lawyer. Serve me with papers, Amy. Let's get this over with. She did not answer him. So long, he said. I'll talk to you soon. When she chose not to answer him, he simply closed the door behind him quietly and left. Poor Amy. On Friday morning, Jake set out for Maggie Sorrell's house in Kent. He knew where it was. He had gone there with Samantha Matthews the previous week to have another meeting about the lighting for the crucible. As he pulled out of his yard, heading up Route 341, Jake thought what a glorious morning it was, the way you always hoped an April day would be. It was crisp and dry, with bright sunlight and a vivid blue sky filled with puffed white clouds, the kind of day that made him feel good to be alive. Opening the window of the pickup, he took a few deep breaths of the pure, clean air. Jake was finally feeling better in spirits. After his meeting with Amy on Tuesday night, he had been depressed for almost two days. She always managed to drag him down, to drain the energy out of him with her negative personality and her total lack of direction and purpose. Sometimes Jake wondered how Amy managed to keep her job in the store where she had worked for a number of years. Seemingly, the owner liked her enough to keep her on, despite the constant mistakes she made. He had allowed himself half an hour to get to Maggie's house, but since there was no traffic, he arrived there 15 minutes early. He parked in the backyard and walked toward the kitchen door, noting how pristine and well-cared-for the traditional Connecticut colonial looked. The clabbered walls were painted white and all the shutters were dark green. Before he reached the kitchen door, Maggie opened it. She stood there on the step, smiling at him. The minute he saw her, his chest tightened and he felt himself grow hot around the neck. To cover his nervousness, his sudden confusion, he coughed several times, then murmured, Good morning. I'm afraid I'm early. She stretched out her hand. He took it in his. She said, Good morning, Jake. That's no problem. I've been up since dawn. 
Come on in and have a cup of coffee before we leave. She smiled at him once more and extracted her hand. He didn't want to let go of it, but he did. Thanks, coffee would be good. He followed her into the immaculate kitchen, stood there glancing around, feeling slightly awkward. Maggie said, Sit down, Jake, over there at the kitchen table. You take your coffee black, if I remember correctly, black with a spoonful of sugar. One of her dark brows lifted questioningly. That's right, thanks, he answered and took a seat at the old pine table at one end of the kitchen, noticing that it had been set for breakfast for two. She moved past him, and he caught a faint whiff of shampoo in her thick, luxuriant hair, the scent of her perfume on her skin, something light and floral. He heard the gentle swish of her suede skirt against her suede boots, the tinkle of the gold bracelets she always seemed to wear on one of her slender wrists. Maggie moved around the kitchen quickly, but with the gracefulness he had noticed before. She was tall and slender, full of life and energy. He could not take his eyes off her. Eventually, he did so, realizing he was staring. Jake looked away quickly, let his eyes roam around the kitchen. Again, he was struck by its singular charm as he had been last week. Delicious smells were suddenly wafting on the air. Freshly baked bread, cooked apples, and the hint of cinnamon mingled with the smell of coffee. He inhaled, then sniffed. Maggie, who had turned around at this moment, said, I baked the bread earlier this morning, and it's still warm. Would you like a slice? It's delicious, even though I say so myself. I would. Thanks very much. Can I do anything to help? He started to rise. No, no, I can manage. The coffee's coming up, and then I'll bring the bread and honey. As she spoke, she glided across the kitchen floor, carrying the mugs of coffee, and a second later she was back again with a homemade bread, a honeycomb, and a bowl of baked apples on a tray. She placed this in the center of the table and sat down opposite him. Maggie sipped her coffee and regarded him surreptitiously. He had helped himself to a baked apple and was eating it with relish. Then he took a slice of the warm bread, spread it with butter and honey, took a bite. He said a second later, I haven't had homemade bread since I was a kid. It's nectar. I know what you mean, she answered, laughing, glad he was enjoying the breakfast. She had prepared it especially for him. It had struck her the other day that he probably didn't have very many proper meals. Maggie wondered if he had a girlfriend. Obviously he did. Looking the way he looked, and being as nice as he was, it was more than likely that women chased after him. She felt a little twinge of something, of what she was not sure. Envy? Jealousy? Or a bit of both? Of course, he'd never be interested in her, so why daydream about him? Which is exactly what she had been doing since their first meeting, Actually, she couldn't get him out of her mind. The other night, she had even had fantasies about making love with him. And now, as she remembered those images, she felt herself flushing. Maggie stood up swiftly and hurried over to the counter, convinced that her face had turned scarlet. She was extremely conscious of Jake's presence in her kitchen. He seemed to fill it with his masculinity and strength and his sexuality. She had not felt like this for years and years.